Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Raptors Reasonableist Podcast here at The Athletic. I'm your host, Blake Murphy. Not joining me once again is Eric Kareen. Nice little run of no Eric Kareen on the podcast. Joining me instead, uh, really excited to welcome Dallas Green of Alexis on Fire and City in Color. Dallas, how's it going, man? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, thank, I'm I'm psyched to have you on and talk some Raptors and talk about your Raptor fandom and give you a break from, uh, you know, the stuff you were uh, mentioning off air. Just yeah, talk ball for half hour. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, how's everything been going this last little bit for you with, uh, I know you've been up north a little bit, but, uh, you know, over the last seven months, however long it's been, um, I assume life's been as odd for you as it has been for everyone else. Yeah, it's been, uh, I mean... I've been really trying to like just find the positives in, in the whole thing because I feel like, uh, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of my life sort of celebrating the negative and, uh, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say that I'm the most optimistic person in general. So um, I think with something like this, it has really just sort of made me, yeah, just try to find silver linings and things. And so I've been, you know, I've been enjoying being able to be home um, for the, this is the longest I've been home in a row in probably almost 20 years. So that's, that's been nice, you know, trying to go see my family a little bit more. And um, I've been writing here and there, but um, I've never really been good at forcing creativity. So that hasn't been something I've been like, been like, okay, here, I have all this free time. Let me go write a bunch of songs. Like I, I sort of usually, I, I guess I've been so um, stuck in the, 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 the cycle of making a record and then touring for about two years and then coming off and kind of putting all my ideas together and sort of working that way. So this has been kind of um, like if I, if I, if I remove the existential dread of the future and all my friends and family worrying about them being sick and all of that stuff and just sort of put that aside for a minute then uh, I've been enjoying myself, if that makes any sense. It sure does. And okay. I'm, you know, trying to take a similar perspective with it. And for a little bit there, we got basketball back, which at least was a, a nice distraction for me and something to, to keep focused on. I guess this would have been the first time in some time you were in one place and able to, like, watch the games regularly without, you know, being exhausted from the studio or being on the road and trying to find a stream and stuff like that. Yeah, that was actually great. And, and, and as I'm sure you... I mean, we talked a little bit about it. I, I, I just thought the bubble ball was awesome. Like those guys, uh, I give all of those players and coaching staffs and everybody that was in there credit because, you know, there's, uh, I know all the people are like, well, they get paid millions of dollars. Yeah, great. But that doesn't mean you can just stay sane in, in at Disney World for three months. Yeah, away from your family and with yeah. everything that's going on in the, in the United States and here in Canada exactly. uh, on the social justice front. Yeah, it's a, it's a testament to those guys and the, the men and women that made it all happen. And yeah, I'm with you. I thought the quality of basketball after those first couple games was through the roof. And I know some people were concerned about, um, you know, would, would the playoffs be good? Would they be entertaining? Would they be... Uh, a lower quality, but I, I certainly didn't experience that. J- Jimmy Butler saw to it single-handedly that yeah. uh, we got we got a good playoff run. Man, how many people are going to want to go play in Miami now? Yeah, I mean they all they always had market factors. You know, Miami's uh, not the worst place to be, and the low the the low taxes and Pat Riley and all that. But man, you can uh, I think think what Jimmy Butler showed is 
he's a he's a bad teammate if maybe maybe i i don't i don't know if we can conclude that but if you're if you're not the type of teammate that wants to meet his level of competitiveness and effort uh maybe that's not going to be a good relationship but if you are that's uh that's a guy to go to war with as they say that's uh that was a really impressive playoff run it almost feels like you're he's a bad teammate if you're a bad teammate yes (laughs) <laughs> yes, exactly. If you if you don't want to be in the gym at, at 4 a.m. slamming Jimmy's big face coffee to yeah. uh, give you the juice for those morning workouts, then, then get out of there. Um, that was great. We're going to talk about uh, the Raptors, though. I, I want to before we talk about anything in the bubble or, or this coming off season, I want to rewind a little bit to uh, the season prior. You mm-hmm. have obviously been a Raptors fan for a long time, and you mentioned off the top you're not always an optimist but you did pick raptors and six in the finals beforehand did you not yes i did amazing Um, yeah i mean i've always been i've never been too pessimistic about the raptors though that's the thing like i think i because i was well sorry you can finish your if you have more of a question no no go ahead yeah i was going to say like i think because i grew up um i grew up a basketball fan like basketball was the sport i played when i was when I was, you know, eight, nine years old, like I played baseball a little bit when I was young, but my dad got me into basketball really young. And I wasn't, I wasn't like, uh, we weren't a hockey family. So I wasn't on the ice or anything like that. I was, I was enamored by basketball. So I think being one of those kids from that, that like early nine or early nineties era of loving basketball, not being able to really access it as much as I would want to. And having a bunch of friends in high school that were all huge basketball nerds, I think I've always just been so thankful that that we have a team to root for, you know. Now, obviously, there was been a lot of years where they were really bad, and <laughs> but to me, I was just stoked that the Canadian sports stations were covering a basketball team. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, for sure. So then, through all like the dark years, I was just like, whatever, I get to root for a team in the NBA. And then when we started getting good, about you know seven, eight years ago, it was like I was. I was dumbfounded that I was rooting for a playoff team, you know? Um, so it was never like, of course I was disappointed in those years where we, we were getting beat by LeBron, but I was like, well, everybody's getting beat by LeBron. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think the thing that was always, would always bother me were the, the, the new fans that didn't understand what, what basketball was or, or, or understood what, what that franchise has been through to become a playoff, a perennial playoff team. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm already, I'm still get, I'm getting in fights with people about, about Pascal's performance, you know, like they're like, he let us down. I'm like, did he? Or has he like completely blown us away for four years and done way more than we could have ever asked for from a guy that we never even really thought was going to be anything. Yeah. Imagine five, 10 years ago telling Raptors fans, Hey, you're going to have the 27th overall pick. And within four years, you're going to be in the second round of the playoffs going to game seven with him as your top, as your number one or number two guy uh, imagine how crazy that would have sounded five ten years ago exactly right and it's like you think he's been playing basketball for like eight years you know what i mean and i don't know so it, it just things like that so i was just uh last year i was um but obviously last year was like okay after we figured out what we were getting out of Kawhi, right because when the trade happened i was i was one i was in the camp i was pretty bummed about the trade um because uh, no, you, we didn't know what we were getting out of Kawhi, right? We we, right. we didn't know if we were getting this this drama queen who had just, uh, you know, taken San Antonio and and sort of put them through the ringer. And and now my my the guy who plays guitar, my band City in Color, Dante is from San Antonio, 
uh, lifelong Spurs fans. So there was also like, I, I lived through that, that Spurs year with Kawhi very closely with him. Cause he was dealing with like him not playing and that. And so when the trade happened, I was like, wow, this is a real, like, what if we get him or what if he doesn't show up? And, but once he started playing and we were like, okay, we're good. And we're also really good without him. Um, that's when I kind of was like, it's anybody's shot really out of the East. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the East was wide open and then you look at the Warriors and obviously, you know, when we entered the finals, we were getting told at least by people around the Warriors that Kevin Durant might be back at some point. And you obviously can't predict, uh, you know, the injury Clay Thompson suffered, but I thought, I thought heading in, I think I picked Warriors in seven, maybe Warriors in six. I can't really remember um, Mm -hmm. now, but yeah, good on you for wraps in six. And you, I know you've talked about this uh, before you were on Tim and Sid, I think ahead of game five, but you kind of, you know, you were in Europe touring and trying to find ways to watch games and even make it back for game five, right? Yeah, I actually went to, I went to game two and game five because I, so we flew to, Alexis flew to London uh, the night of game one because it, it was, it was insane. Like we booked the, this summer, this two week run of Alexis shows like in September of 2018 or something, right? Because, you know, you, you book shows quite a, a, a far in advance. So, you know, about a month before the, the finals got announced, I was just like, what are, you know, what are the chances going to be <laughs> that the raps make it? And then like a couple weeks later, like they were still going and then they, like they entered, they, they announced the, 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 the dates of the finals. And I was like, wow, it's literally the two week window that we're touring. Um, so the, the night of game one, we were flying to London. So I watched the first half at Pearson. And then got on, had to get on the flight and I just like got the plane internet and just refreshed my phone for about five hours. Um, so I missed, missed the second half of that. And then we played the next night. Uh, but because of the time difference, I flew straight home and went from the airport straight to game two, uh, which they lost, obviously. And then um, the next day I had to fly to New York. So we played two nights in New York. So I watched them win. Did they lose game three, right? They lost game three and then, or no, they won game three and won game four. Yes, so I they watched, won everything in gold in Oakland. Right. So I watched the, on a laptop in the, in the dressing room of, uh, of the venue we were playing in New York. And so after the New York shows, we were, everybody was supposed to fly from New York to Los Angeles because we had two shows to play in Los Angeles. But we had three days in between. So I basically looked at my, my tour manager, Juice, and said, are we flying home to Toronto like tomorrow morning to go to game five? Cause if they're going to win tomorrow in Toronto, I have to be there. Like, so everybody flew to LA and I flew home to Toronto to go to game five and then they lost. Um, and which was like very disappointing. Right. Because there was that last two minutes where I was like, Oh my God, it's happening. I'm about to watch it. And then the splash brothers just tore my heart out. Yeah. And the Draymond thumb on the Lowry potential yeah. winner. And yeah. And then, so then I flew, yeah, flew to LA the next day and we were in the basement of the venue in LA and I was like, we were five minutes away from going on stage and I watched them win and then walked out on stage wearing a Freddie Van Fleet shirt and a Toronto <laughs> Raptors hat and played the, my best show of my life, I think. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Um Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, 
and others. David Yurman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yurman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Man, I can't believe you did that much flying. I guess... You know, I, I guess maybe you have an appreciation now for what it's like being. Well, I, you obviously, you know, uh, touring around on concert is probably the the closest thing to a professional athlete schedule as it is. But yeah. um, the the wear and tear and the the sleep deprivation and everything from flying around that much during the NBA Finals. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, you, you kind of just nailed it. Like, I'm so used to that living like that. Mm-hmm. That it, it really wasn't like like adding a couple more flights into the or earlier flights was not like. I wasn't concerned about that because I was sort of looking at it like this could be the only time I ever get to see my team play in the finals. Like not again, not being pessimistic, just sort of being like, you know, you never know. We never know. I don't think I ever assumed that they would ever make the finals. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you think if, if time is infinite or the NBA is infinite, eventually they will, sure, but right. you know, we don't know that. <laughs> Look at what happened this season. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know how certain anything is. So. Exactly. So I just had to be able to like go to a couple of games. Like if I wasn't touring, I would have gone to every game. But right. Um, you know, but I did get to. I got to see a bunch of really great games in that run. I was I was at the game where Kawhi hit the shot versus Philly, um, which was incredible to be there for that. Uh, I got to see the double double overtime victory against Milwaukee. I got to. I was there at Game Six when they when they beat the Bucks to go to the finals. So. Like I got to see a lot of really wonderful moments, so it was um, it made up for all the the crappy moments I've I've seen over the years. <laughs> uh, are you are you a season ticket holder then? No, because I like I, I haven't had a a long enough stretch at home during a season right. to make it worthwhile. Um, so I, I usually just sort of like my like my uh, my good friend Joel, who's my man my longtime manager and good friend. He has uh, like our label has has season tickets. Okay. So if I'm home, I'll usually like kind of grab one of those or I, I've got a couple of pals at MLC and, and that'll, that will like kind of help me get tickets if I'm, if I'm like asking last minute and stuff like that. So nice. Well, I'm yeah. glad you got to go. I mean, I, I thought that those two Milwaukee games were obviously the finals being the finals. Like it was very cool that I got to be there in Oakland for game six. And that was only uh, that was only like the third playoff series I'd ever traveled for because I did uh, the year that they went to the conference finals against Cleveland, I was like freelancing full time. So I didn't go for much. And then uh, a colleague, Alex Wong and I actually took a Greyhound to Cleveland to try to cover the Cleveland parts of that series. Uh, And then the first two rounds last year, Orlando and Philly, only my colleague Eric Kareen at The Athletic traveled. And then for the last two rounds, both of us traveled. So I had that was my first taste of like doing the, the back and forth for a whole playoff series. And I thought I would be tired. But then the team you're covering wins a championship and you just don't sleep for like two days and yeah, you don't fine. even realize it. Yeah. You're totally fine. You're just on, on cloud nine. Really? Yeah. So in the aftermath of the Raptors championship, you did some, you integrated some of that beyond just wearing the Fred shirt and the Raptors hat on stage in LA. Um, you had some shows at Budweiser stage here in Toronto in June and the Raptor himself yeah. came out and introduced you guys. Uh, how cool was that? And how did that come about? 
Well, so that was, so I've got a good buddy who, uh, you know, he's, he's been at MLSE forever. Like he literally started in the mailroom kind of thing and has worked his way up for 20 years. And so he's pretty high up in the, in the ranks at this point, but he's a good friend now. And, uh, like I just sort of on a, as a, you know, not really thinking that it would, it would be a possibility. Uh, I just sent him a message and I was like, what are the chances that I could have the Raptor come in like, you know, we're playing two nights at the Bud stage. And the other thing about the Bud stage shows was if there had been a game seven, it would have been on the night, uh, oh. night two of our shows at the Bud stage. So I was like, I had already told everybody, I was like, if they're, if game seven is happening, uh, I'm not, I'm not going on until it's over. Like I'm, and it would have been in Toronto too. So I would have been yeah. probably at the, <laughs> yeah. I was like, we're going to pay, we're going to pay whatever fine we get. Like it's, it's, I'm not, playing until the game's over. Uh, and then imagine trying to get, if they won game seven in Toronto, trying to get from Scotiabank Arena to Budweiser stage after. Yeah. And like that game would have started at eight or eight 30. So like, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, I mean, uh, again, amazing problems to have, yes, right? Like, of course. You know, my team's in, in the ch- championship in the finals and I'm about to play a show at the Bud stage and I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, but uh, it was funny. Cause when we were in the basement of the venue in LA, uh, but, but before game six, we, we literally had to have a meeting with like the promoters, like to go over a plan for if there was a game seven, because we were also like the whole city is going to be watching this. Like, are we really going to try and do a show for, you know, whatever the, the bud stage holds and specifically for what you were just talking about, like traffic and all that stuff. And I, I remember I looked at everybody and I said, we're not going to have to have this meeting because the Raptors are going to win the game. <laughs> and they did. But, um, so anyways, I, I, I messaged my friend Jeff and I was like, what are the chances I could get the Raptor to come, you know, come and like introduce us or just like, you know, come out and run on stage or whatever. And he was like, yeah, no problem. <laughs> so my buddy Juice, uh, again, who, who's sort of like, he's a huge sports fan too with me. So we're always like trying to include as much sports as we can into our, uh, into what we do. Um, we were sound checking. Uh, that for that first show at Bud Stage, and he comes up to me while we're soundtrack, and he goes, "I'm on the phone with the Raptor right now." <laughs> <laughs> so he came, and it's the same guy, if you can believe it. It's the same yeah. guy in the Raptor the whole time. That's crazy, right? Yeah, and and like it's been, he's so elusive. Where like I know it's like a kind of a white whale story for my my colleague Eric Green to like like get inside. Uh, the Raptor, like the guy who plays the Raptor. And I think Zach Lowe is the only person he's ever like really talked to officially. Yeah. Uh, well, so he's, a, he's a great dude. Um, sounds like it from everything yeah, so, I've heard, but so yeah, yeah he's, he, he's off limits to me. Yeah. Well, he showed up and, and you know, had the whole costume in a, in a backpack basically in this like custom backpack that carries it. And he was funny. He was telling us that he's got a bunch of them. And because MLSC had him like, plan to go all over the place the next day because the next day was the parade so he was like i've got i've got suits stashed all over the city <laughs> and i was like okay so yeah he just he's suited up and then uh, we we come out to this um if you've ever seen the movie last of the mohicans it's a very dramatic uh period piece starring yeah. daniel day lewis well the the themes like the epic uh the music to that movie is one of to me the most epic like thing ever so we that's like our intro music you know i got that idea because i when i saw quicksand play when i was about 17 years old they came out to the conan the barbarian theme and i just thought it was the coolest thing <laughs> so we started our intro music and then the rap the raptor ran out and it was just like i think everybody was kind of shocked that that was <laughs> happening so uh you also did uh that uh 
Alexa on Fire Raptors mashup shirt, which is yeah. like now my favorite, like my favorite band shirt. Um, who designed that? Like, what went into that? Was that something you already had in your head of like, oh, our our logo could could mix well with the Raptors logo? No, it just it just sort of was like uh, one of those things. It just sort of it, it was like somebody said it as not as a joke, but just in passing because we 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 always do like a Heart Skull T shirt, um, and then I think somebody saw like a rap shirt where it was just like the red ball with the claw mark through it and was like, you guys should do this and that. And it was like, Oh my God, like exactly. We should absolutely do that. You know what I mean? So Juice also like does all the merch as well. So he just like quickly sent a bunch of emails and got a whole bunch printed. And then I, I texted my buddy Jeff and was like, Hey, by the way, is it okay that we're doing this? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, nothing matters right now. Like everybody's just so stoked. So yeah uh, we did that i think i got did i get you one i got you, you did one. yeah okay yeah all right yeah so um i really appreciate that thank you yeah no yeah, problem. Through, through steve it got back to me so yeah no problem. Um, because yeah i was uh full post championship couldn't you know normally my off seasons are just going to shows and i can't remember what it was that night it might have just been because the parade was the next morning but um, yeah yeah i couldn't make but, it uh, my uh it's funny that like i have such good memories of that day because like you know, I'd just flown home from LA. They'd won. I watched the whole game. Um, I watched the whole game when I got home because I had taped it. So I got to watch like Matt and Jack's call because in the States I was listening to the, you know, whatever at the ABC broadcast and it was brutal. Um, so I rewatched the game and then I woke up to drive down to go to soundcheck. I, I made the, the driver pull over to real sports. I ran in and I bought a bunch of championship gear yeah. and awesome. I, I got to the bud stage and I handed it out to all the boys. And then while we were sound checking, we played, um, we were playing all the post game speeches through the PA at the bud stage. Nice. So like I have, a, I'll text you. I have a video of us playing Freddie's cause I thought Freddie's speech afterwards was just so incredible. You know, mm-hmm. the speech where he's like, you know, we don't have anybody that's part of the big boy club, maybe just Kawhi. And he's like, you know, we got a bunch of guys who had to get it out the mud and all that stuff. And it's just such a good speech. And so I was, just blasting that full volume through the Budweiser stage PA. <laughs> it was great. Um, you mentioned one, uh, when you do city and color shows, um, Dante is, is from Dante was his name. Yeah. Dante, San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, so you also, when you did a city and color show at Scotiabank arena in November, you got them to lower the banner so you could re-raise it. Did yeah. he like, how did he feel about that? Like, you know, a Spurs fan yeah. having to watch you celebrate a Kawhi championship well, uh, in person like that. He, he, like, you know, obviously that was a sore spot, but, <laughs> but for him, like him knowing, like, it's funny, like, you know, we grew up on in different parts of North America, but we're pretty much the same person. Like we're born three months apart we both love basketball. So he, he's been playing with me for the last like eight years. So he's watched me, he's watched me be a Raptors fan for eight years. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I've watched him be a Spurs fan for eight years, which is much different. (laughs) Um, So I think he was just happy that we got one. You know what I mean? For sure. Obviously the quiet thing's very, very, still very sore spot, but um, you know, we, I remember a couple of years ago when we, we had just played at Bonnaroo and we left to go to a bar to watch the Spurs beat the Heat on the, to win their last championship. Oh, the, nice. The Kawhi Finals MVP thing. So, you know, he was – I think he was – he was happy for me, you know. And then you guys can, you know, 
together be happy that the Clippers were out in the second round. 100%. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so I, I, you mentioned Fred's speech after the game, and we talked a little bit about uh, a little bit before. You've kind of gotten to a place where Fred's your guy now, right? Like, he's, would yeah. you call him your favorite Raptor at this moment? Well, he is, like, because, like, for me, he, growing up, all right, my favorite team before I could root for the Raptors when I was young was the Bad Boy Pistons, right? Like, okay. that was what, I don't know if it was proximity or, like, I remember growing up at the video flicks in St. Catharines, there was this, um, there's a documentary, in, like, from the 1990, I think, that's about the Bad Boys. It's about their, their, their back-to-back championships. I used to rent the VHS cassette, like, every week and watch it. So my two favorite players growing up were Joe Dumars and Isaiah Thomas. Cause I think I was just because I was short and I felt like they were short. And so, and I played point guard and when I was, when I was playing in school, so they were just my guys. And I don't know, in the last two years, it just feels like Kyle and Kyle and Fred are, are Isaiah and Joe Dumars to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Certainly the Dumars level of defense. Too. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, and so Freddie just totally reminds me of Joe Dumars, this like super like stocky little bulldog who has all the confidence in the world, but doesn't sort of act like it really, you know, and just, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I think his story is really great. Like I, I, I love that he is undrafted and I love that he just like made it to a team. And I love that he was integral to our championship run and, I think it really started for me when, you know, that famous where he hits that three in game six and then they show the replay and he just screams at the bench. Yeah. And that was with the bandaid on his eye. And I was like, yeah, Fred's my favorite player. And then yeah. this year, this year he was just so good. And uh, yeah, I think he's my favorite player. Like Amir Johnson is my favorite Raptor of all time. So I was going to ask about that because you know, something that I remember from way back when was like you played a game of horse against Amir, right? Yeah, with Amir and uh, Win Butler from from Arcade Fire. Yeah, on uh, I think it was off the record, right? With it was, yeah, very strange. Yes. So um, obviously, you you guys went outside of the the box a little bit and tried to get Amir singing and stuff. But um, I'm curious from there where is your game at right now do you still get to play at all and how do you you know i I, i've watched win butler win a celebrity game mvp before yeah Uh, how do you how do you hold up on the court with a maybe not an amir but a a win butler well win is very 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 competitive i don't know if you know that um but he is so i don't think i would match up very well against him (laughs) because i think that he would really take advantage of the, the size difference okay and just uh, destroy me in the post. Um, like I remember I was playing in, in like this, uh, Matt Bonner used to do this charity basketball tournament in, in Toronto. Yep. Um, and I, I played in it once cause I, I'd met him through, through someone. And uh, that's actually where I met Brent Berry. I, and I, I've become friends with Brent Berry and it's, he's the best guy ever. But anyways, I remember watching um, Win Butler was there, and I remember watching them like they were in a three-point contest against each other. And while Win was shooting, Matt Bonner went and got Arcade Fire and put it on the on the uh, like on the, the the PA to try to psych him out, and it didn't work. And then while Bonner was was shooting, I was like, Win, what are you like? What are you going to say to what are you going to say to him like to try to psych him out or whatever? And he was like, I don't know. Ask him if he has a Grammy or not. And I was, like, <laughs> I was like, whoa, okay, never mind. Wow. But um, 
any hoodles. I, my game's not very good anymore. Like I'm 40 years old and I rarely play, but I can still, uh, I could still D somebody up if I, if I really try to, I don't think I was very good in the first place. You know, I, I like, yeah, I liked defense a lot. Um, I, I like, I liked passing, you know, I, I, I was never really a good shooter. I got a, I got a pretty good left hand that, that surprises people. I don't know why I do. It just is there. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think I'm. I'm definitely more of just a fan now. I could probably win a free throw contest. I was always good at free throws, but my game's not uh, not anywhere near where it was. Well, if it uh, if it makes you feel better, uh, neither is mine. So, okay. Well, that's um, okay. I think that's. And, and look, I've played in a in a tournament with our friend Steve Slykowski from Pup before, and I, I'm confident without seeing your, the the recent update of your game that you you could at least hang there. So. Yeah, I mean, I could. I, I feel like if I got asked to play in a game right now, like I could play really well, and then I wouldn't be able to walk tomorrow. Yeah, that's that's usually the way it works. Especially, you know, you just said you you kind of more on the defensive side, and that's all I do. I'm like I was a, a hockey kid coming up, so I didn't touch right. basketball until like grade eleven, maybe. Um, so okay. I am strictly effort and defense. Yeah, me too. I, but I like I said, I, I still have a little bit of a handle, and I and I can pass. I love passing. So okay. Well, you're one handle up on me. Okay. Uh, well, then, the, you know, maybe we need to start. Well, we've got two positions covered then. You're yes. Gonna, you're, you're playing power forward, I assume? Yeah, I mean, I'm 5'10", but yes, that's, power that's... forward is generally where I have to end up playing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I get those P.J. Tucker comparisons, you know? That's good, yeah. So we need a two and a three, and then, you know. Yeah. We'll, we'll be all right. I mean, yeah. we, we can – I don't know how, how well you know him. I don't know him at all, but we can call in win as the – as uh, our center and then uh max kerman from markel's can ball so okay. uh, i yeah, think we'll, shad i think shad can play a little bit yeah, too shad so can definitely ball me and shad we when uh alexis did the like the full warp tour i think in 2009 maybe and shad shared our bus with us it was just shad oh, cool. shad and tilo as dj and then his, his old manager g and so there was a hoop at a lot of those stops and so shad and i would we would play two on two against a bunch of the other bands and we would destroy them. Nice. So yeah, Shad's got a great handle and he's got a good shot too. Sweet. That's uh, I, I don't think I, I don't think I've played with Shad. I think Max and Steve are the only ones in that kind of community I've played with, but, um, but yes, Max is definitely better than me. I was, I was very surprised. I played against Matt. Like I knew Max a little bit before, but I played against him in uh, Nick Stauskas's charity tournament one time. Yeah. And I was like, oh, the curly headed guy from Markel's. I could D this guy up. I'll, I'll check him. Yeah. And uh, he is, uh, he's got a wet jumper. So I won't, I won't sleep on Shad and, and I just would avoid guarding Win Butler altogether. Yeah. Steve though, either one of us will lock down. It's fine. Okay. So we're going to need Win on our team then. Yeah. We're going to need someone to score. Okay. I mean, someone's got to soak up these possessions. All right. Um, yeah, it, it, think like Serge Ibaka with the second unit where Serge gets all the touches he can handle because everyone else is just focused on defense and r- running out in, on the break. So Right. Do you have... think, what do you think? Do you think they're going to sign Serge or not? That's Yeah, that's what what's a little tough right now. You know, I think, I think Fred's the priority because Fred's more of a long-term piece. And I actually had a piece go up at The Athletic today where I talked to um, our Pistons and our Knicks writers, too, to try to get a feel of what the market might be. Um, and in that exercise, we ended up with Fred coming back to Toronto. So that was nice. Okay. Um, and then, you know, Phoenix is the, the interesting one where they came after him in 2018 and then ended up spending their money on Trevor Ariza instead. And he'd be a good fit next to Devin Booker. 
Walker, but they've got to clear a little bit of cap space mm. or figure out a sign and trade or something like that. So um, I'd lean toward Fred staying. Serge, I'm less sure of. Yeah, uh, I, I'm in a place where if I'm the Raptors, if he wants to come back on a one-year deal, I'll give him whatever dollar amount he wants. But him at 30 now and the way his defense has kind of slid and looking ahead to, you know, you want that flexibility for 2021 just in case. I'm at a place where he can he can write his write his own check for one year, but I don't want to go multi-year. Uh, how do you yeah. feel about those guys? I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I think that he is – I think the way he played this year, though, he's earned probably a one more, like, three-year deal from some team that just needs output. Yeah. And I think he'll go with that unless he really does love the Raps. But the Raps are definitely going to say, like, yeah, we'll give you one year with whatever money you want or go go check it out, you know. But I think they're going to do any, everything they can to, to keep Fred because, I don't know, they, f- they found him, they developed him. He was such an integral part. And he's he's – we've got him to run the team for the next three, four years, you know, like – I feel like if the Raps are close, you know, they keep Kyle. But if the if the Raps aren't close next year, and when, when I mean close, I mean like it looks like we're gonna, you know, finish eighth, eighth or seventh in the in the East. Like they'll trade Kyle to a contender. Like, I, yeah, I, it's a little it's a little tough to find a deal that works right now. But those things always pivot so quickly, right? Where, exactly. Like, are you telling me that like if say the Lakers are are close next year, but they don't have a point guard, like they're not gonna want Kyle Lowry for the playoff stretch? Yeah, or Miami, Milwaukee. Or Miami. There's a, there's a, the Clippers. There's always teams exactly. that you know it's and, and making the money work is just you know we saw what happened with Paul George. You throw enough picks at it and you can get anything done. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that like you know as much as there's a couple of talking heads that still don't think Kyle's good, I think the whole basketball world knows that Kyle's really good. Yeah, he said it to the Hall of Fame. If anyone still doesn't think he's good, uh, yeah, I don't know where you've been, man. I don't know uh, what you, games you've been watching, what podcasts you've been listening to, what articles yeah. you've been reading, but. Just watch the first 10 minutes of game six of the 2019 NBA Finals. And yep. that's all you need to watch. Yeah. If you go back and watch the Kawhi shot game too, that game seven against Philly, Kyle doesn't have a big scoring output night, but like he's everywhere. He's drawing charges on Joel Embiid and poking balls loose and yep. uh, getting offensive rebounds and stuff. It's it's incredible. Um, and, and then the other thing with Fred too is, uh, you know, obviously you're a longtime fan and you've kind of latched onto him as, you know, this is your guy. And I think that, there are a lot of longtime fans who feel similarly. And from talking to a lot of people who came on board as new fans during the finals run, you know, Fred, obviously you don't you don't want to overpay a guy too much because he's a fan favorite or whatever. But I, I think, you know, he's maybe outside of Kyle, the most popular guy you've got at this point. So I think, you yeah. know, I think a lot of new and old fans uh, identified with Fred in a, in a similar way uh, that you did, Dallas. Um, Dallas, we got to let you go. Um, we gotta, we gotta wrap this up. I, I'm just wondering, uh, thoughts ahead of next year. You know, you nailed wraps in six. Uh, you had some pretty sharp predictions when, when we were talking throughout the playoffs, crystal ball, where, where do the wraps end up next year? I think we're, I think we're right in the mix. You know, I think everybody's talking about how good Boston is and Miami's obviously great in Brooklyn and all that stuff. But like, we didn't play nearly close to how good we are in that Boston series. And we almost won it. So I think if they bring, you know, bring back the core and make, they're, they're going to make some cool adjustments and cool moves. I know they will, right? They're going to get crafty. Like, I don't know this, obviously we can't talk about this, but I, I read that thing about the Victor Oladipo possibility. I was like, yeah, something like that as a, a guy coming in as a two there would be great. But I think we're going to be right in it in the East. The East to me is still completely wide open, just like it was this year, you know? 
For sure. And they, they've fine. shown for years now that if an opportunity like a Oladipo or a Bradley Beal or yeah. whatever comes up, you know, as long as it doesn't, until Giannis signs that Supermax with Milwaukee, they'll be keeping 2021 in mind. But if he does or, or if they decide something else is the path, who knows? Joel Embiid could be on the trade market. We, you never know what's yeah. going to happen. I feel like we have officially entered Spur territory where we became a winner and everybody wants to remain a winner. And I don't mean just the championships. I just mean we want to be in it every year until we're not, you know? Yeah. Exactly. And that's hard to sustain, but that's, uh, you know, that's how you get in those conversations for those free agents and how those trades make sense. Um, Dallas, thank you so much for this, man. This is great. Uh, huge fan of City and Color and Alexis on Fire. Uh, so this was really cool to be able to have you on. Um, so thank you so much. No, thanks, Blake. And nice talking to you. And uh, go Raps. Yeah, well, maybe we'll get you back on when there's there's basketball to talk about. Uh, again, you know, our timing trying to set this up wasn't wasn't perfect right as the Raptors got eliminated. So yeah, um, but you know, I've told you I'm always willing to talk about basketball and especially the Raptors. So awesome. Well, thanks so much, man, and we'll be back next week, guys. So uh, stay tuned. In. Raptors reasonless at the Athletic.